What's that really fucked meme? Not fucked, but like totally played out meme. Oh, bro, you've got a podcast in your podcast or whatever. I've never oh, yo, that. dog. It's uh, it's exhibit in Pimp My Ride. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not just a played out meme. That's like prehistoric. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've seen the exhibit. I know you like I was about podcasts, to reference it. <laughs> so I put a podcast in your podcast so you can podcast while you podcast. Yeah. That's the sort of shit that would absolutely rip and tear in like 2007. <laughs> Probably. And you got like the smiling exhibit. I haven't even thought about exhibit in years. But like that's the nature of it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've gone meta this episode. We're doing a podcast about podcasts. <laughs> Podcasts, folks. You're listening to one. Presumably, you're an enthusiast. Or maybe you're a casual consumer. Mm. Maybe you're someone who just likes to listen to a podcast every now and again. Maybe you're someone who pays for 25 premium podcasts and your whole life is arraigned around listening to the various podcasts you pay for. But chances are you've you've listened to at least one. Yeah. Logic dictates you've listened to at least one podcast. Welcome. Welcome to the podcasting world if this is your first ever podcast. Uh, and if it's not, I hope you're enjoying. I hope you're enjoying. It's an audio format. Mm-hmm. Typically, podcasts go between 10 minutes to four hours. Yeah. And you could even go longer as far as I'm concerned. I wouldn't <laughs> listen, but the optionality is there. No, podcasts have come a long way. They have. They're now, I would say, a cultural touchstone. Mm. One of the engines of global creativity. Mm. I like that. Mm. But are they good for business? Well, that's the topic of today's episode. Mm. We're digging into the podcast industry. Podcasts, they got their name from, that's right, Zoomers, a little device called the iPod. Mm. Based on our our statistics, there aren't that many Zoomers listening. No. But there's a hell of a lot of millennials. There's a hell of like 33-year-olds. That's our audience. If you're a 33-year-old dude, you're a down right head. You're a downy. No, so- Podcasts were not actually invented by Apple explicitly. Mm. Podcasts, they came out of a bunch of different people trying to work out a a good way of distributing audio in an easy format to different devices and what have you. And basically, a bunch of different people settled on RSS, which is a very, very old format originally used to share text posts, blogs and the like, and have them automatically update on people's devices. And they realized that you could probably do audio with that. But podcasts really took off when Apple decided to wind them into iTunes. Yeah. And which gave them the name podcast, as you say, because of the iPod. It's very web 1.0 standard, right? RSS. This is back in the days where the web was this, it is the basis for obviously what we know now, where anyone can build a website, anyone can have an email. It's an open standard. No one owns email. No one owns websites. No one owns RSS feeds. It's an open standard that led to the fact that you could be listening to this on God knows what yeah, podcast you, you player. Could be, you could be listening to this on you know Apple Podcasts or any podcatcher of your choice. I mean, you could have set up your own server that downloads an MP3 file that you play. From the RSS and then syncs it to whatever device you have. It's very, very open format. And as a result, it's like one of the last things that still uses like an open format like that. Mm. It would be as if like Netflix was using a completely open format Mm. for how it downloaded video. It's like that absurd. So Apple basically pitched it as a way that you could listen to radio shows. Mm. 
it was like, oh, we're digitizing radio shows. Because in true Apple form, they didn't really realize what they had on their hands no. in terms of content. We've addressed it multiple times on Dan Round, is that Apple have only recently kind of become a content company. And even so, it's not necessarily going super smoothly for them. No, you they're know, not a social media company. Like, yeah. They don't kind of do any of that so, stuff well. So they kind of accidentally made podcasts popular. I would assume, and maybe there is a history out here that contradicts this. This is like pure speculation. But there was a small product team that was tasked with working on, oh, some people seem to want to use iTunes to listen to these kind of radio shows. How do you integrate that? And they were just like, eh, we'll just implement RSS as like this format within iTunes that allows people to kind of automatically subscribe to these audio radio things in iTunes. And kind of that was that. Yeah. And they basically didn't touch it. And, you know, it would go into iTunes and you would plug your friggin' iPod into your computer and sync it onto there. Yeah. Hence podcasts. And now like the criticism of Apple in this is like they had, yeah, this thing that they didn't really know what to do with and they didn't touch it for ages and ages and ages and you end up with this situation where for many years podcasts are famously very hard to discover their various podcast players are pretty clunky but i will say the flip side to that argument is the alternative for apple was they saw this thing this radio shows they did have the option to be like okay we'll integrate it into the itunes store where same way you buy music, which they actually did do in early days, like Ricky Gervais podcast was like something you paid a dollar nineteen or yep. something per episode or twenty dollars for a season of Ricky Gervais podcast. But point being, it could be a lockdown format that you could only access via the iTunes store, even free ones. Yeah, and Apple would be the owners of that. But they them live. effectively neglecting this whole format and using this easy route of RSS to like ship things into iTunes. They basically yeah laid the groundwork for a whole like industry. Yeah, an ecosystem to bloom because anyone could make them, anyone could distribute them, anyone could build an app on top of podcasts, anyone could get them how they wanted. You didn't have to be an Apple user, you didn't have to be an iTunes user. And it kind of created, maybe some might argue that like it would have happened organically otherwise, but there aren't that many examples of things that otherwise were like an open source protocol. Yeah, that like, and to create a situation where Apple doesn't host the podcast, they're hosted elsewhere and just distributed to Apple. Again, to it iTunes. feels like it's just like, oh, we can't do the hosting. It's too complicated. Like what anyone can put stuff on our servers. Yeah, no, it's like a weird holdover from an earlier sort of more open era. And like this was basically, uh, you know, a lot of, if you were listening to a podcast in like the 2000s, you were probably like a relatively tech savvy person mm. who was interested in this stuff. Obviously, podcasts really took off in... 2010s. Yeah. The true crime stuff is when it really kind of came appointment listening for a, a huge portion of the population. Totally. The seeds of This American Life and NPR lead into things like Gimlet, which Gimlet Studios being like they produced, well, their first series was Startup, but they do things like Reply All, Science Versus, as well as a host of other things. But point being, they were then acquired by Spotify a few years ago for $240 million. Because it leads us to kind of now, which is where like podcasts are the place you need to be if you're in audio. Yeah, exactly. The world of premium audio is right there. It's not the radio anymore. You've got to be on podcasts. But I think a lot of companies are kind of realizing that podcasts are like massively difficult to monetize in like an actually good, consistent way. There are people that are like really successful in podcasts. Mm. And I think what like a, a telling fact you can bring up here is that there are actually like relatively iconic 
podcast marketing campaigns, everyone remembers like the MailChimp ads in Serial. Yeah. Oh, and like, Dollar Shave Club, like basically yeah, built and- a business, a huge business that sold to Gillette or Chic or one of those for well, God knows how much. Squarespace mm. ascended on the back of like great podcast advertising. So it's helped like build all these brands. Mm. Especially direct to consumer. Exactly. And there but there and there are lots of like individual podcasters that are doing really well. Some of the top tier of Patreon podcast people are making hundred thousand dollars a month. But this is the question. It seems to me, at least my kind of hypothesis on the whole thing is it is great for niche content, but what's happening now is big businesses, legacy media, I guess you could say, especially legacy radio, are piling money into it, as well as streaming. You know, Spotify is piling money into this ecosystem, but it's good for niche content from almost every perspective. Well, actually, a perfect example is Patrick Gray. He does, you know, an InfoSec podcast. What's it fucking called again? Risky Business. Yeah, Risky Business. I mean, I don't know how many listeners that has, but I'd say it's in the probably tens of thousands at most. I'd be very lucky to scratch 100,000. But point being, it's about information security. The people who advertise on it are selling these enterprise software that costs fuckloads of money a year to purchase. And they know if they advertise on risky business, they are reaching the CTOs they are, and the chief security officers, CSOs of the biggest companies, like if you're if you're in security, you're listening to that podcast. So therefore, it's very easy for an individual to monetize a specific audience to a specific product that has what one would say a niche audience. If you're a stereo of the world or a Spotify of the world, you probably you're not looking for a podcast that has thirty thousand listeners, forty thousand listeners, and you don't really care if it's in information security because you also don't have the resources to create the advertising department that goes out and finds those CSOs that you can advertise. Blah 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 blah. Point being, it's perfect for niche content. We do a fucking tech business podcast with like a casual slant, I suppose one would say. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And there is a certain amount of people who would want to listen to that and support us via the Substack. Which you must. Yeah, which you must. Downround.net. But again, a massive media organization might be less interested in us unless we had 200,000, 300,000, a million listeners. Yeah. Um, The thing I think that they've like really slammed into is that no business model really fits podcasting all that well. And a lot of it comes down to, I guess you could say like the original sin. I think it's good, but like the fact that it's such an open format. Mm. So Spotify are trying to build, trying to like fuck off the way that podcasts have been done in the past, where it's like this open format where there's no product differentiation. You can kind of get the same podcast on whatever podcast application that you're using, et cetera, and turn it into like the Netflix of audio. Right, Mm. Because obviously the thing that, and we talked about this in our music episode, Spotify's fundamental problem is that they don't have a unique product. Mm. Every album that's available on Spotify is available on Apple Music with some like very rare exceptions. And someone can move over from one to the other with like relatively little friction. Mm. So they were like, okay, what we need is like audio that's like unique to us that you can't get anywhere else. That we can also don't have to pay record labels when people listen to it. That's right. So there's no residuals, like whatever, we can have it. Joe Rogan, hundred million. Yes, they'll pay. Gimlet, two hundred and forty million. So they'll they'll pay for like these exclusive things in the same way that Netflix might buy studios or might buy exclusive content or whatever. But I think what they're running into is that like people don't think about podcasts that way, and also people don't think about premium audio the same way. They're trying to create a world where people value individual podcasts in the same way they might value, I don't know, Stranger Things on Netflix. Mm. And I just don't think it's happening. There are a few like little factors. But one of the big other platforms that has tried to get away with this 
is Stitcher. Mm. Stitcher is like a podcatcher or a podcast app that has tried to like have their own exclusive content that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. And you've got to pay for uh, Stitcher Premium mm. or Stitcher Pro or whatever they call it. And I reckon that has like the most churn of any sort of like streaming service. Well, totally. You sign up for one series. I, I've, I've signed up to Stitcher Premium like three times to listen to one show and then immediately cancelled it, mm. which I would never do for Netflix. I would never do. Some people do. But like it feels like a way bigger commitment. Because, yeah, I just don't think they've been able to convince people that premium audio works in remotely the same way as premium video. A, I think people spend less time listening to podcasts. They love the podcasts that they do listen to. But B, people aren't really, like, browsing podcasts. There's not really a discoverability. Like, I have my set podcasts that I listen to every day slash every week, you know, depending on when they come out. I'm not really looking at constantly expanding it like I would like Netflix yeah. or whatever where I'm looking for new shows. I need new entertainment. I need to kind of experience that churn or whatever. Most of like the recommendations I get for podcasts come like outside the apps. Like I'm not just like browsing what's hot on Apple. Mm. Someone will tell me a podcast is very good or I'll see advertising for it elsewhere. The additional fact is the fact that the vast majority of podcasts, and this won't change, are not gated. They're free. Mm. They're totally, they're totally. Well, even you're talking about Stitcher Premium, like the podcasts that have announced that I, I'm like, oh, that does sound interesting. Like I wouldn't mind listening to that series that's been released on Stitcher Premium. I haven't bothered doing it because just too much friction. I'm not freaking downloading Stitcher and giving them my credit card and blah, blah, blah. They eventually end up on like a public RSS feed at some point. You know, like after three months, exclusivity is gone. Yep. I can listen to them kind of anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it, I think it's really hard to make it work on a major level. Spotify runs into a weird problem where, like, yes, they have Joe Rogan exclusively, but I feel like Joe Rogan gets his massive cultural pull from, like, being on YouTube and places like that. Well, yeah, he's certainly lost a bunch of that by not being on YouTube. But I don't mind the Spotify strategy here from a business perspective. From a podcast like Cyber Utopian, I wish everything was open and everything was its own RSS and what have you, and we all have our own website and social media doesn't exist or whatever perspective, like, it annoys me the idea of one platform that's locked down. And to be fair, they're not super locked down. Anchor, which they bought, you can still distribute your podcast to other places. Yeah, well, that's the thing as well. It's like even the app that they bought, they understand the table stakes is like the vast majority of people are going to be doing it. We'll be distributing elsewhere. Again, it's like if Netflix were like, we're going to buy this like video distribution service, which sends the content people put on our platform to YouTube or to to Stan and binge and whatever. It's just this like fundamental understanding that there's no real value to any individual podcast. Yeah, which you, is you why- You should be able to get it for free. I mean, they paid, as I said, $100 million for Rogan. I feel like that would have led to a significant amount of Spotify signups. But what they're effectively doing there is just like this kind of funnel thing, right? It's like get people to sign up to Spotify to listen to Rogan on the free tier or what have you and so that we can convert them into paying subscribers and hopefully hold them on with other content and I guess pull them off things like Apple Music if they originally are there or or Google or what have you. I I feel like the error they made was thinking that people considered podcasts more like video or like premium video as opposed to like music which should be available everywhere. See, the Rogan thing I don't mind as much but the gimlet thing is a real baffling one for me so they pay 240 million for gimlet to bring all of their shows exclusively to spotify but i totally agree that they saw gimlet studios as like an hbo of podcasting like they make this appointment viewing of podcasting and you're right i just don't think that that relationship exists with you know these premium podcasts like a season a series is over which is what the true crime guys got right. Like you had to listen to the end of the series to find out the answer. But just a podcast producer that produces really good content, if they move exclusively to a platform that you have to pay for in order to listen to it, 
that's a lot of friction for people who to move from their Overcast or Apple Podcasts or whatever it is just for their content. It's got to be pretty good. Yep. And is it 240 million good? Just what's the ROI on that? I would suspect it's not fantastic for the Gimlet purchase. Rogan, I mean, I got a soft spot for him. <laughs> There's a lot of individual creators doing like well out of podcasting. Hopefully that'll be us soon. You know, I've got my got my eye on the prize, baby. Well, we need to in three months' time if we're not, you know. If we're not at the top of the charts. We're in trouble. There's some very dangerous people. After Raf, <laughs> not me. I'm just helping him out. So I'm just saying if you're listening on the free tier, please help us out here. But speaking of, one thing that Spotify is doing well is discoverability. And I think that even our experience, what we've been po- like three months now or something, we've been podcasting, something like that, maybe four. Spotify is offering discoverability, which is one thing that from the outset, podcasting has been very poor at. It's very hard to promote a podcast yep. in that no one on social media wants to sit there and press play on a, an audiogram. Remember they used to kind of be yeah. a thing? That was going to be the big thing that would help podcasts is yeah, these like, videos on Twitter like of like sound, a waveform. sound wave, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you're just supposed to like be scrolling through Twitter or Facebook or whatever, getting blasted with these kind of three second bites of content. And then you're supposed to stop and sit there and stare at your phone at a waveform, like moving, like the audio yeah. wave moving and just listen for a minute and a half. No. And then click on a link, which yep. will take you to a third party website that would give you a bunch of options for like, what's your podcast host, blah, 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 blah. Doesn't work. But Spotify, as we found, so our most popular episode, we're an open book here on Downround very transparent. You mentioned it, I think, like literally like a couple weeks ago, is the FTX- Sam Bankman-Fried episode. Yeah, when it crashed. And honestly, my own user behavior, when something big has happened, I've been out there trying to look for information on it, especially in business when like a big business thing will happen. I tried to search in Overcast as my podcast player of choice, and it's shit. You can't find individual episodes on individual issues, whereas Spotify is a lot better for that. I assume- People who use Spotify regularly as their like podcast listener were probably friggin' searching for FTX. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, at the top of our charts for a very long time was the episode we did about Andrew Tate. Yes. Which was, you know, for long time downies, that was like episode five or six or something. Yeah. It was very early on. But it had a huge drop off, right? Right. Because Spotify. We used to be hosted by Anchor. We're now hosted by Substack because of our premium podcast. Anchor gave a little bit more granular detail. This is kind of the benefit of Spotify trying to build a closed system. Mm. Very hard to do good, detailed podcast statistics because it does come through RSS. Yeah, so you don't know. You Basically, the only information you get is that someone has, so, has downloaded it. Someone downloaded it. Whereas if someone, if you're hosted through Anchor, it tells you at the very least what Spotify people are doing. Yeah, how old they are. Yeah, you know, where what, they're from, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, the Andrew Tate episode, which was at the top of our charts for a very long time, but it had like instant drop off. Like within 20 seconds, people were turning off. When they, soy. When they, <laughs> once they heard these like repulsive soy boys talking about their Alpha Chad King. Um, anyway, so that, that was rough for us to see as content creators. Coming back around, Apple is obviously vaguely recently recognize this whole Spotify thing is a big deal. And they now also offer premium subscriptions within Apple. But again, you have to be using Apple Podcasts in order to hear them. It's it's not distributed, which that's way too big a thing to, to cut off. Like no one, you've got to be a pretty niche Apple specific podcast for you to basically be like, oh, well, all my app users use Apple Podcasts anyway, because all of the nerd users on Apple use like a third party. And yeah. I mean, I'm sure people right now, you're listening to this being, oh, I use Apple Podcasts. That's great. Like, good for you. It's Apple Podcast, then it's Spotify, then it's Pocket Cast. That's it? right. Yeah. 
I assume it's all Android users on Pocket Cast, so thank you if you're tuning in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there's like people- Then it's overcast. Yeah, and then at the bottom you've got like random people listening through like Amazon podcasts. And I have to, uh, you know, are you all right? Are you okay? Is everything everything okay at home, brother? That's probably the US listeners, which again, we're an open book. What is it, like 13% or something? Yeah, we're mostly Australian. So, you know, we're among friends here. So I think the, the big takeaway here is that as a result of the way that podcasts were originally set up, where it was like a free-for-all, you could get whatever content you wanted, except in like the occasional cases where it wasn't. It was open through an open source standard like RSS, which managed to persist long after everyone else had moved on to like proprietary standards mm. and like lockdown versions of distribution. You're now in a position where like people expect podcasts to be free. Niche audiences will be happy to pay for it. Mm. But as a result, podcasts have not turned into like the blockbuster business that other things like streaming have. Mm. But that's not to stop big media organisations in the audio space from trying. Because they have to, because that's where the, the ears are. Yeah, in is Australia it- it's Listener, right? Listener are throwing so much money at podcasting, uh, Listener being Stereo, Triple M, big radio network. If you're in Australia, at least if you're in Sydney, I haven't checked what the uh, billboards are saying in Perth. Yep. Every bus stop, so many billboards around it for podcasts on the Listener app, download the Listener app. If you look at the earnings report for 2022 for Stereo. It's all about listener. It's all about digital. It's not about their radio. Literally like 90% of the document is talking about listener. Every single executive and director's KPIs are about digital and about growing digital revenue, growing digital subscribers. They shout very loudly about the amount of subscribers to listener, which they put at something like 850,000, although the numbers are kind of blue, and like 5 million listens, but that's across everything. That's not necessarily the listener app because, again, they distribute their podcasts not just on the listener app to, to every single podcast. And they made $20 million in revenue, which was below what their goals were. Their goals were 37%, I think, increased, and 30% oh was what they hit. $20 million in revenue. Didn't break out what the expenses were for that digital. But point being, that is where they're focused on because they have to. They're a radio station. Radio is not going to last. The business model, I, I guess, for these big organizations is have this massive podcast network. You've got 150 different podcasts. But you have a centralized sales, so they go to all the same as they do for radio. Advertisers come to them, they go to advertisers, and they're able to distribute it across like their 150 different podcasts. So you have an advantage there of distribution across all these different brands and a centralization, so an efficiency for actually like the sales part of it. But whether that works, whether the cost benefit is there, whether you can afford to keep paying the Hamish Nandies of the world, and what's the chick on Instagram who talks about sex all the time? I wouldn't know. I'm an engaged man. No, no. <laughs> now, she's big news. Our listeners are going to be screaming at us. She's uh, huge. You know who I mean. Whatever. Her and like sports podcasts and this, that, and the other, whether you can afford to pay them all as well as your sales and advertisers are willing to pay for that podcast audience, especially this broad podcast audience, I don't know. Because personally, it seems to me like the business model of podcasting very much advantages niche content. Yeah, no, totally. Absolutely. And you, with that, you also run into the fact that, like, you know, you run into sort of the power law problem anyway. Where, so, you know, if your podcast gets a thousand listeners an episode, mm. which is not a dramatically high number, no, Downround exceeds that. Indeed. We're not going to get lost in the argument of by how much. Just know that we do exceed a thousand listeners an episode. You are like in the top 5% of all podcasts produced. Mm. Like you're at the very top. The people only listen to a small 
percentage of the of the total number of podcasts that mm. go out. But every podcast of the many hundreds of thousands that go out have some listeners. Mm. So it's really distributed. But as a result, you know, niche targeted content that finds its audience is where you'll find a lot of podcast listening generally. Mm. Yes, you have like the absolute blockbuster ones. NPR podcasts do really well. The Gimlets of the world the big true crime podcasts, blah, 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 mm. the ones that are topping the Patreon charts, mm. topping the Substack charts. But generally speaking, niche content that can talk to a particular like subset of users is going to like dominate. Yeah, and there's value there for advertisers if they're specific to that niche. But there's not value there for a mass market media organization who don't have the means to be able to like find those niche podcasts and then service them with an entire advertising department. Like totally. the whole point is efficiency by scale. You, yep. We reach this many people on a broad topic. And you're not, just going to get more bang for your buck on social media advertising if you're if you're a brand. Yeah, unless you like absolutely nail it like the ones that we mentioned before. Mm. Um, but on the other side of thing, like trying to build a streaming platform for audio, I would argue that Spotify has probably had some wins there. Yes, they have Rogan. Yes, they have Gimlet. Yes, they have other major podcasts that you can't get anywhere else. But I would argue that the vast, vast majority of people do not think about Spotify as being like a podcast platform. They think about it as being a music streaming platform that they may incidentally be able to get audio through, Mm. right? I don't think they've really won that side of things. And I don't think like the premium side from platforms like Stitcher is very appealing to like the vast majority of people. Look, I'm a bit more optimistic on the Spotify strategy. I think it is a good one. And I actually think they've done pretty well for the amount of time they've been in podcasting to be, yeah, in our case, what, the second biggest platform. That's true. Yeah, yeah, Um, They may well be the second biggest platform in podcasting. I think they've done pretty well. I think that if the monetization strategy is to take 5% of premium subscriptions, then that's not going to work because people are just going to do what we do, which is if you offer premium subscriptions on Spotify. It's just going to be just for Spotify people. Like it's, we're not, we're never going to be exclusive to Spotify if they continue to allow that. I know that they want to, that they're running in beta right now and algorithmic advertising for podcasts. But again, that's got to be for podcasts that use Anchor and Spotify, blah, blah, blah. Again, I think it's a good strategy because they can take all of the money from that. Like they, they don't have to share it with record labels. So I think they've done pretty well. I get the strategy. I get moving podcasts onto Spotify. But the nature of podcasting is, as we said, unless someone buys like 50% of all podcasts, it's going to continue to be an open standard. And like completely splintered. And, you know, if you buy an iPhone, you turn it on for the first time, the podcast app is preloaded. Yeah. You're like, oh, I like podcasts. Click, damn, you're in. And once you're in, it's pretty hard to get out. You're subscribed to all these different various podcasts. You want to jump onto Spotify and try and resubscribe to all of them? Hell no. No, I mean, you, you could if you were really committed, but most people won't. And then obviously the true heads aren't going to use Spotify. They're going to use Overcast. They're going to use whatever. It's a completely split landscape. I don't see seeing it being resolved. The other side well, of it is- Let that, alone listener. If, the, yeah, <laughs> if they actually did resolve it and they managed, like Spotify managed to find its turf, it's going to be like a shit experience. Because mm. again, we've been spoiled by the fact that you can get anything anywhere. Which has been really great, yeah, and has helped it flourish as a medium. And now Spotify wants to come in and be like, actually, forget all that shit where you could get wherever you could listen to it the way you wanted. Mm. You can only listen to it as part of our little like our product here. It's like actually like a worse experience for most people. Well, definitely. I mean, we both pay for Spotify Premium, yet we use a different podcasting app. That's to right. Listen to it. Like I have access to all of the Spotify podcasts. I don't do it. Yep. 
No, like, and no offense if you do, like, no, please. But this is the problem. There's a switching cost. You use the platform you basically started using, unless it's really shit. You basically stay on where like you started. And I, I would argue the Apple Podcast app is actually quite shit. Like, you know, the way it organizes things mm. is not good. They really want people to use that like seasons model for launching stuff. You know how it's like this is. Season I, I actually have not looked at it in so long. I yeah. have not looked at the Apple Podcast app. The ordering of it is terrible, especially if you're someone who's just come into a podcast for the first time. Mm. Being like, oh, I want to listen to it from top to bottom. Especially if it's like a narrative podcast where it has like yeah, you got these. To these to are the ten episodes you have to listen to in order. Apple Podcast is terrible for that. It, mm. it can't it can't handle anything except from like listen to the most recent one and then listen to the rest of them in reverse order. But still, you know, I still use Apple Podcasts. <laughs> I still use it. I think it's mostly because you know I've been listening to it for ten years. Yeah, and I've accumulated all these different podcasts and whatever. Even though I've been complaining about it, I'm sorry. I shocked Raf into silence. The, well, no, the, I, the, 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 the face he gave me then was, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. every time I've opened it, uh, I just, I'm just like, this is clunky. And but yeah. I'm a nerd. I'm a podcast. Nerd. I'm a power user. Yeah. Let's be careful though, because I'm happy to confirm that in Apple's end of year wrap, I guess, where they celebrate the podcast that did really well this year or the mm, ones that they that's loved. That's true. Yes. They yes. put down round in. Their bespoke category. Yes. Podcasts that kept us cultured. Yes. We were the number one in the tech or business one. We were in that and we were also in indie faves. <laughs> no, no. Look, <laughs> I love Apple. I love everyone who works at Apple. Yeah. <laughs> I use all your products. I just happen to use Overcast because it has playlist featuring. So keep, keep putting us on your list. We love that, folks. And look, the majority of our audience is using Apple Podcasts. So, yeah. So, again, use what you love. Guys, use what you love. And please, downround.net, subscribe to our premium podcast episodes. We're going to make podcasting into a medium that works. Thank you.